Grace Off the Stage is a podcast where we will be hearing remarkable stories of the faithfulness of God in the everyday lives of people just like you. We hope that you'll listen in, celebrate with us, and share the podcast with your family and friends. And our prayer is that as you hear these stories, they will remind you of the faithfulness of God in your life and continue to strengthen your trust in Him. We're so glad that you joined us for season one of Grace Off the Stage. At a party, I ended up taking a friend's life. And I said, honey, somebody is in the house. He was just whispering like, hey, I'm like, I love you. I care about you. I realized right then I need to take all of that energy, everything that I gave to myself and give it to God. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in again to our next episode of Grace Off the Stage. I'm Dustin, I'm one of the pastors at Grace and Sebring, and I'm excited about the guest that we have today because not only is he a friend of our pastoral staff here at Grace, but he's a young husband, a young father, a young man who's pursuing a Major League Baseball career. Uh, Not only has he been in several organizations uh, throughout uh, baseball, but he also in the offseason, he's a pitching coach at Weber University. And in his offseason time, has even been known to volunteer in our children's ministry from time to time, which is always a big hit to have a pro baseball player on campus. But uh, I'm so glad to have you in our podcast today, Tyler Pike. Oh, yeah. What's going on? Glad to be here. Um, Tyler, you have had quite a journey. I mean, we were just talking before we hit record, man. It's 11 years this you've been on this 11. journey since high school. Take us on the quick, uh, give us the quick snapshot, man. Take us along the journey of the last 11 years of baseball starting uh, in high school. I remember hearing about you pitching in high school. I think I might even have saw you thrown against Sebring one time. But, man, take us from high school to now in this baseball journey. Yeah, I mean – like I said, year 11, it's been a while. Uh, it's been a fun ride, but uh, it started back in 2012. Graduated from Winter Haven High School. Uh, got drafted out of Winter Haven by the uh, Seattle Mariners, and we spent about six years with them. Uh, five or six years. I can't really remember. What it's round so were you long. drafted? Uh, third round. Third round. I knew third it was round. high. Yeah, yeah. They, Man, they wanted you. Yeah, we'll take it. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, five five or six years with them, uh, just in the minor league system, got up to double A. Uh, then back in 2016, got traded over to the Atlanta Braves uh, for some guy, some local Polk County guys. It was a yeah. pretty cool deal. And then that's kind of when I f- feel like I met you. I remember when you and Gina first started getting consistent at Grace. You were with the Braves at the time, which I'm a big, I'm a like a lifetime Braves fan. I mean, I can rattle off every Braves player and statistic from the '90s, man. That was like my life. So I was just kind of fanboying you, man. Oh yeah, it was fun. (laughs) I mean, that was uh, it was only two years, but uh, all in the minor leagues as well. But it was a good time. Uh, That was probably one of my favorite systems I got to play with, just the group of guys and the. uh, coaching staff the way they treated me was really fun That's and good. then and we'll get I mean we'll get to this here in just a minute yeah. but it seemed like God really started doing a lot of work in your life when you were with the Braves I would say this first and second probably maybe the second year was when it got really uh fight or flight mode kind of thing with uh with God pulling on my heart so that was all the, right uh, man that was when it was going we'll uh, circle back around to that because yeah, sure. that'll definitely be a big part of our conversation but anyways with the Braves sorry yeah keep going. two years with the Braves uh after that a minor league contract is seven years uh, without, if you don't make the big leagues by then or a 40 man roster, uh, that's when your contract will expire. And we'll go back into that. But 18 was a really tough year for me. Uh, didn't get any looks for any other team. So we uh, opted to go to an independent ball route, which is professional baseball, just not affiliated with any major league teams. Yeah. So we did that for about two and a half years. And that's where I really saw like 
my fruits and stuff that I've been really working on and just like trying to like pull back from this worldly life that okay. I've been chasing for a long time kind of like take its back seat and I really start to see myself just kind of free up through indie ball which is what I needed it, you mean just like spiritually, spiritually emotionally what do you mean physically like free emotionally up? everything okay all right well, like I, said, I well, could tell a difference yeah and you just oh, yeah. kind of you know texting from afar mm-hmm. talking on the phone every now and then indie ball I think a lot of guys probably feels like a death sentence but you exactly. actually found kind of new life that was my in indie ball that was my initial thought death sentence I was kind of like you know I don't want <laughs> to stop a lot playing of guys probably feel that yeah. way yeah I was like I don't want to stop playing I think I think I still got some in the tank so we'll keep on shooting for it and then um flashback to May 2021 got a call from the Cardinals and they're like hey man we like what you're doing we want you to come into the system help us out a little bit and I was uh a really good season last year with them getting back into the groove of things and affiliated baseball and then uh pitched well enough to where they signed me back to a contract back in October for a year yeah. so head out to spring training in a couple of weeks and we'll see what this year has in store for Man, us that's awesome yeah so we're by the time uh, folks get to listen to this podcast we will know the result of how <laughs> yeah. spring training went man so we're definitely hopeful oh, yeah. uh, i know our pastoral team obviously cheers from afar like i uh i download the apps mm-hmm. and i pay the monthly oh, fee yeah. to watch you play indie ball and now i've still got my my app uh, if you want to watch minor league baseball, folks, uh, the app that we use to do that is called MILB First Pitch. Yep. Is that the one? I'm pretty sure. Well, I've already, I've got it sitting here on my phone, man. So if uh, I'm hoping you end up major league ball, and yeah. I'm going to just watch you on my Xfinity. There we go. But uh, if minor league ends up being next or whatever, man, we'll be watching. But man, you've you've had quite a baseball journey, and obviously that's been a common thread and what's been happening in your life. But man, you got married along the way. You've had a couple of kids along the way. Uh, man, how's your wife feel about the family life of a minor league baseball player? You know, at first, um, that's why actually why I'm here in Grace Bible is because uh, my wife, Gina, is from Sebring. So uh, I got dragged down here back in 2015 after we got married. And, you know, we haven't turned back. And you no, know, now we call Highlands County our home. But uh, she's a trooper. Uh, she's always been like an adventurous spirit anyway, so she really likes the lifestyle that it is. It's constant travel. It's. I imagine that's – my guess is that's probably not common. Not at all. Now, maybe for like really young wives or young girlfriends of pro ball players, like there's an excitement. But, mm-hmm. I mean, Gina's a wife and a mother. Oh, yeah. You guys have been together, what, seven years? Yep, coming up on seven. And, I mean, I think a lot of ladies probably would have ran out of fuel by now, but – I'd say ninety nine percent. Like your biggest fan. <laughs> oh, she is for sure. She's a, uh, you know, I've everything going on, everything that we had happened to us. I wouldn't have got through it without her. That's for sure. And I'm, um, I'm super grateful and thankful for her. But like I said, she just loves this lifestyle. She likes to travel. She likes to. We don't know what we're going to be the next day. Sometimes, kind of thing where it's happened to where we've had to pack up everything in twelve hours and get on a plane and yeah. go somewhere else. But she like. She loves that stuff. And that up. <laughs> obviously, with the kids, it makes it a little bit more challenging now. Yeah. But, um, you know, she still loves it. I mean, she still pursues it with me. She still pushes me to do it. She doesn't want me to stop playing. So, you know, until she tells me to stop or, you know, they somebody else tells me to stop, I'm going to keep on chasing it. But, yeah, I couldn't do it without her. And then, obviously, having the kids is a little bit more uh, extra motivation for sure. Yeah. I mean, we have a five-year-old son and a one-and-a-half-year-old daughter. 
and my son just ate up with it. Like, well, I'm sure he is, but oh, even yeah. at five, like he can't possibly grasp how cool this oh, really yeah. is. Oh, you yeah. know, like, like him going to him going to professional ballparks, watching his dad play is oh, just yeah. a normal thing for him. Oh yeah, you and he's still at the like you said, he still doesn't really grasp it. He's yeah. his intention span's very low still, but you know, after the games, he gets to come to the clubhouse sometimes. He gets to hang out with the players run on the field and stuff like that that's crazy. and he that's just awesome. loves it and he's baseball is his thing right now so he's yeah. playing t-ball and you know I'm not putting any pressure on him or anything though but I, he's got some shoes to fill we'll see how he does yeah he does have some <laughs> shoes to fill but that's for, do, do you think he has the gene are you uh, seeing he's it? pretty good I mean, yeah i'm not gonna lie <laughs> so we'll see what happens that's pretty cool man it you know gene is funny because like i'll i try to I try to pay really close attention to when you're going to be pitching, and I'm always texting you mm-hmm. trying to figure it out because I want to watch um, those games. And, man, I'm always texting her back and forth during those games. Oh, yeah. It's like my closest place of being in the stands, oh, you yeah. know, or give me the play-by-play or let me know when the rain delay is going to be over yep. or whatever. Oh, yeah. So it's been cool, man. She is an awesome woman. It's been cool to see as the Lord has been transforming your life. I know it's been happening oh, in yeah. her life. Oh, as yeah. well, and and I know that she has been a part of that transformation in you. So, hundred percent, man, it's cool how God uses uh, marriage as a catalyst for transformation in our lives, mm-hmm. man. And the same is true of somebody in the ministry like me or somebody in pro ball like you. Oh, God yeah. using our wives so much, um, man. And getting to know you over these last handful of years or so, this whole journey hasn't just been about baseball. Not at all. As a matter of fact when I met you in person and started to build a relationship with you kind of to circle back to what we were hinting at earlier, man, you were with the Braves Mm -hmm. and man, the Lord was laying hold of your heart and was gripping you, man. Give us a little, uh, man, walk us down the journey of what was happening at that time in your life and what God was doing, kind of grabbing hold of you in the dugout. Yeah. So flashback i mean i grew up in the church uh my parents grew up uh took us there every sunday wednesday everything and then i got about to nine years old and we started playing travel baseball and then that's friday saturday sunday pretty much every weekend so our church life pretty much just stopped right after that um and i i didn't really get back to going to church till probably 2013 right after i first year playing professional baseball and at that time like from from high school all the way up to like 2016 2017 when time period we were talking about i mean i had a belief in my a belief in my heart i mean i knew jesus was real that he died for me and everything but that was prime pretty much as far as it went you're right right. there wasn't much going on besides that and then obviously when gene and i met she deepened my faith a little bit more and going up to 2017 my life had just revolved around baseball it was baseball this baseball that it's all I've ever known it's all I've ever been really really good at and obviously playing professional baseball you think this is like this is my job like I have to succeed in everything I do kind of thing just like anybody else would and I could really feel back in like 2016 2017 like just God gripping at my heart man saying you know this isn't what it's about you know that's you don't revolve around baseball you know stuff like that and I would say back in 27 no beginning of 2018 uh i reached out to you about getting baptized because yeah. that's kind of my next step i wanted to do to kind of push my journey along that way and we went down to uh lake jackson yes sir we were right the, there uh the one of our church family's yep. backyard the bakers who had two boys that pitched for navy yep exactly so that so, was special for them too oh yeah it was awesome <laughs> I mean, it was uh 
it was kind of like that step at some like all right those things are getting on the right direction yeah. i'm trying to transform my life and kind of let it revolve around jesus now and selfishly like in the back of my mind and in my heart it was kind of like you know this baptism is going to take me to a better place in baseball too okay yeah and i was like selfishly like very in the back of my head like i said i felt like i was thinking about that for the wrong reason and you know i couldn't have been more wrong that like you know this baptism is going to get me i'm going to go where i want to be in baseball i'm going to get everything i need everything i want and <laughs> flash forward to may when the season started it was like 180 from what everything was going on and uh as you know back in the first day of the season in 2018 i was charting in the stands and like uh one of my players came up and got me out of the stands he's like hey man they need to see you in the dub- in the clubhouse and i didn't know what was going on we're in like the fourth to fifth inning in this game so i ran in there and i met gina outside the clubhouse and she had some tears in her eyes and she's like i need you to just pray for a second before I sit you down and tell you what's going on, and I wasn't sure what was happening. Yeah, man, that would have been a crazy moment. And uh, she sat me down, and she's like, hey, uh, your mom passed away suddenly. And um, I was never really super, super close to my mom, uh, just from I've always been a daddy's boy, baseball. My mom wasn't super athletic, so she didn't really get anything with baseball much, but it's still my mom and everything. So, I mean, it hit me pretty hard. I mean, I brought up emotions I never thought I really had in that instance, and – you know, from that moment, pretty much through the rest of the season, it was just like a spiral effect going down. I mean, I had I had some uh, some stuff that came up that I didn't really know, didn't even know I had inside me with her. Stuff I didn't want to talk about, stuff I didn't even really know I needed to talk about. And it went on out to the field with me. It got to the point where I was just like so in my head that I was, I didn't know where I was throwing a baseball. I was like, the one thing I've been good at my whole life was throwing a baseball and I couldn't even do that. And um, like I said, the Braves were so uh, good to me back then in that instance because they could have easily just said, hey, man, you're not worth our time. We'll send you on your way. But they really wanted me to get help. And they put me on this uh, reserve list where I could really talk to a counselor, uh, really kind of get my uh, rhythm back and stuff. And I did. It took about two three months. And I finally started to feel better about anything, getting some stuff off my chest. And towards the end of the 18th season, I – got back in the mound I was feeling pretty good and then you know thought everything was going to be back normal and I got hurt yeah and it shut down the season again and it was just kind of like you know what's next and this like what's is this baseball even worth it anymore like it was to the point where like I just I did not want to go to the field every day I would wake up and I would like I'd rather just stay home and just hang out with Stetson and Gina and you know maybe we'll go to a park or something it was just it wasn't fun anymore and it it really hurt deep down inside because like i said it's the only thing i've ever known yeah right so and then um like i said the braves again we had a really good group of guys on that team that we had a chapel group together probably about four guys and then the lead chaplain for the big league team uh was our guy he would come in like once a week and we'd zoom call and stuff and talk and they kind of like brought to life some stuff that had been in me some demons that just kind of were there and i needed to get out of my system and i learned finally to be like you know baseball is not going to define you anymore man like jesus isn't going to define me on whether i pitch a perfect game or give up 10 runs in one inning it's not going to define who i am as a person or anything like that and once i was really able to grasp that i was like it was just like a weight lifted off my shoulders once i really just bought into it and by that time it was too late and uh i was waiting on a call from a team never happened and we get into that indie ball track 
where it was kind of like, I don't want to do this. Like, I'm going to rot in indie ball. My career is going to end. And I imagine that happens a lot. It does. With guys. I mean, I the, mean psycholog- the psychological yeah. deficit of demotion like that's oh, yeah. got to be hard to come back from. Oh, yeah. But. And it was, uh, it was all the way up in North Dakota at that, too. Yeah, which so. is not the best place in the world to play baseball, <laughs> even though all. it's a great city for baseball. Great city, yeah. Great. Oh. I mean, that's one of our favorite places now that we've been there. But, but man, God had your ear and oh, he had yeah. your heart. He and knew so it. there was He's, something bigger happening. Yeah. Man. Tell us about that. Yeah, so I'm driving up to North Dakota by myself from Sebring all the way to Fargo, North Dakota, and I get about to Atlanta, and I'm like, I don't want to do this. Like, I miss my family. I want to go back and just be with them. And like, in my head, I'm like, God, if you want me to turn around, make me turn around <laughs> right now, right on 75. I'll turn around. I promise I will. And, yeah. you know. I've just never been one to really quit anything. And I, you know, I made that promise to come up and play and I was like, Oh, well, we're going to see it through. And it was probably the best decision I've ever made in my life. I would say besides asking my wife to marry me, I think that was a good but, decision yeah. too. She's pretty awesome. Oh yeah. So, I mean, it's just like, I got up there and it was just kind of like I was a new person again. Like I was able to just like free myself up. I took that mindset of like, you know, I'm just going to have fun playing baseball again. I'm going to act like I'm six years old I'm going to do what I want kind of thing on the field. I'm going to enjoy myself, smile. And if I give up a bunch of runs, so what? I get to come back tomorrow. I'll get to play catch again. I'll get to pitch in five days. And I took that mindset really, really serious. And I was like, I'm really going to instill myself to do this. And on top of that, I met some awesome dudes up there. I mean, our head coach was a faithful believer who, like, fed into us more than as a coach. But really, it's people as well. And I still, to this day, that was the most fun I've ever had playing baseball in 2019. And I don't think without indie ball, I would be sitting here right now or even still playing anymore because it was just that bad coming into it. But super grateful for that opportunity to come in there and just kind of just free up everything. Just Man, when I think about when you're telling that story, I just keep thinking in my mind about Psalm 23 when the Lord is our shepherd and I shall not want. And it uses this phrase david says and he makes me lie down in green pastures almost as if i wasn't going to volunteer to do it right because i had an agenda i had things i Mm. wanted to do i had a plan he says no sometimes the lord makes us lie down oh yeah and green pastures to restore our soul for his name's sake man that's kind of been your story since indie ball the lord kind of made you lie down but he's been doing as we mentioned before what oftentimes feels like a death sentence to a pro ball player was actually a fresh awakening of life for you not only is in baseball but and the more important things in your relationship with christ and your own personal uh, psychological and emotional health man that's pretty awesome oh yeah and you end up nearly leading the league in strikeouts matter of fact you led the league in strikeouts all year to the last the game part, of the yeah. season if i remember correctly yeah and some- <laughs> you i was sitting there on my app you know getting ready to watch you play an indie game and gina texts or you text and say you just got a call to go back to minor league baseball oh, yeah. which is like you know not unheard of no. but definitely not common not at all i mean it was cool um it was more of a 2020 shut down the whole minor league season oh i imagine but we still got to play in indie ball so it was a it was huge for us like that was we pretty much all eyes were on us for a while and like i mean i think that's the reason that i did get picked up because coming into the season uh the cardinals had a bunch of guys get hurt especially at the double a level where i was at and that's when they made the call like hey we need some help you got some experience in double a uh come in and pitch for us yeah I'm like, i'm not gonna turn that down of course but you know that's i feel like that's the reason i did get into it but i mean like you said i felt like there was a plan all along with it 
uh, just to get where I am now. And I, mean, I think so, man. And and you we we talk about uh, oftentimes we talk about here that God has called us to be disciple makers everywhere we live, work, learn, and play. And I mean, nothing could be true of your story. Like God has moved you around strategically, not only to make a disciple of you, but to make disciples through you. I mean, God used, of all people, the Atlanta Braves to begin to really make a disciple of you. And he took you to some green pastures to make you lie down for a while, use another ball coach to continue to nourish that relationship Mm -hmm. with the Lord and your trust in him. And and then he called you back to another mission field. Here you are back uh, spending a year with the Cardinals organization, and God's just changed your mission field, not just mm-hmm. your city where you oh, live, yeah. not just a team you play for, but a new mission field, man. Kind of as we wind out our time together in this discussion, man, uh, how do you feel like the Lord is using your life to make disciples in the dugout in the locker room, even right now as a pro ball player. Yeah, I think uh, coming into that situation, like especially starting about 2020, Gina and I both had that mindset like, you know, we don't know where we're going to be each season, sometimes each day, but we want wherever we're going to be is where we want our feet to be planted, like firmly, like because we know that it's more than just baseball at this point. It's really like making baseball my mission field and the clubhouse my mission field and even for her it's making like people she meets in the stands. I can only imagine the influence she has in the lives of other young wives Mm -hmm. young baseball girlfriends I imagine she's kind of a pillar of stability for them and wisdom too yeah Yeah, well I know yeah that's what I'm saying like I'm sure so yeah she uh we both agreed on like wherever we're gonna be that's where we want our mission field to be so and she's like you said like other wives girlfriends she really wants to dig into them when she can and um, I remember having a conversation with you a couple of years ago, just asking you about this situation because mm-hmm. that's when I first knew that like I wanted like baseball to be like I didn't want it to be, but that was, that was where we were at that situation. That that was going to be where I needed to really put my feet down and get into some guys' lives. And I'm asking you like, hey, what's some tips you have for this? And like, what do I need to do? Like, how do I need to act? And something I tell a lot of guys these days that ask the same question to me about like making the clubhouse or mission field is remember you sat me you looked me dead in the eye you said i don't know if you had heard it somewhere or if you came up out of your head but i'll it, take credit for you it go ahead and take credit because i tell everybody you impacted said it. you <laughs> no but you looked at me dead in the eye and you're like you know sometimes you need to make sure that you care about your somebody's eternity more than your friendship with them oh yeah so I know, you, you put it in a better way that sounded way better than that but the gist of it was like, do I really care about this guy's friendship? Like, do I care about my friendship with him more than where he'll spend eternity? Because, I mean, there's a lot of guys when you come through those clubhouses, it's, I mean, it's a raunchy place. Yeah, man. A lot of different backgrounds, a lot of guys that, like, just like me a long time ago, had all they have on their mind is baseball. Yeah. And, um, well, we all have that fear with yeah. people we love and care about. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, if I start to speak to them about the things of the Lord, it could make our relationship awkward. Yeah. And we oftentimes choose the friendship over the condition of that person's spiritual future. And like, man, I, I think as disciple makers, man, obviously we want to have a relational evangelism. We want to build relationships with people in order to lead them into growing relationship with Jesus. But there definitely comes a point, man, where we can't let that become an excuse mm-hmm. of, well, I don't want to make our friendship awkward. Because right. if we care about them deeply, we should care about those things the most. Yeah, I think it was a biggest thing, like when I've kind of taken that mindset into certain conversations I've had with guys. I mean, 
most of them don't go great at first. It's kind of like, hey, man, I don't. <laughs> most really want, of mine don't either. Hey, I don't really want anything <laughs> to do with that. But like, they're always willing to listen. Yeah. For the most part, and I think getting that friendship first kind of helps because I mean, especially in the baseball realm of things, most guys like they're very laid back. Like they'll have casual conversation, whatever they want to do, and like they'll listen to what you want to say, but they'll yeah. tune out what they don't want to hear as well. So I think it's just about sometimes planting that seed more than anything and kind of letting God water it yeah. and see what he wants to do with it, but always staying pretty persistent no with doubt. it. So we've had, I've had multiple conversations with guys in the clubhouse and the dugout in the hotel rooms. And like I said, it doesn't always go great, but guys are always willing to listen. So I'm thankful for that. And, you know, just kind of keep pestering at them a little That's bit, little cool. by little. So. Well, I don't doubt for a second. I know that I know that you and Gina aren't perfect. I know that you guys have your own struggles. I know that you're not always a perfect example of Jesus in the dugout. But I know for sure, man, that Jesus displays his life through both of you in the very unique environment he's given you guys. And I know that that testimony just nourishes that soil for opportunity. And not everybody's going to lean in like you did in the Braves dugout. Um but there will be some, oh, yeah. and God is going to do that work of preparing them, but also continuing to, like you said, watering that seed. And, and life transformation is his job. Seed planting is ours, and mm-hmm. you guys are doing that, and I'm grateful. Oh, yeah. I love getting the opportunity to spend some time with you today, and thanks for joining us in our Grace Off the Stage podcast. And for all of you guys that have been tuning in, we're grateful that you've taken the time to listen to our conversation, and we look forward to getting to speak with you about what God is doing, extraordinary things in ordinary ways all throughout the heartland.